This is Hogwarts Radio, episode 264 for August 23rd, 2021. Hogwarts Radio has been broadcasting to the fan community since 2008. All things Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the rest of the Wizarding World. Catch up with previous episodes of the podcast wherever you're listening or at HogwartsRadio.com. Welcome to episode 264 of Hogwarts Radio. I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. And I'm Luke Hogan. Hogwarts Radio can be found anywhere you get your podcasts online. It doesn't matter where you listen. Just click subscribe and you'll have a new episode as soon as it's released. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to get in on the fun with other listeners and fans of the series. You can also send us an email about anything we've discussed to hello at hogwartsradio.com. Well, look at this. Look at this. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in for another episode. And wow, it is so great to be back after the long night. I know that's the wrong fandom. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it feels like. Have we met before? <laughs> I mean, we're the one-take wonders. We, we nailed the intro first shot, not even had to do anything over again. I'm proud of us. After so long off, we, we nailed it. Good. I don't think I've ever had that happen. I always have to re-record my portion. Because of the new internet. It's your new internet. You've my always new been snappy great. internet. Your snappy internet is the MVP so far. <laughs> Well, guys, I just really wanted to start out by saying I missed you guys so much. Like Lavender misses Ron. Like if, if you if you can picture a pane of glass in front of you in a cold room, I am blowing steam on that window right now and writing, you know, L plus H plus well something else, and then a heart around that, you know. <laughs> L plus H. I don't know where I got Who's L plus H. H. Whose name starts with H? Sorry, is I was it just me. Is, is it am Luke I Haley? Plus Hogan? Is it just me and myself? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're all so confused. I am very confused right now. I'm sorry, Bailey. Kind of dust was, off the cobwebs. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking Luke plus Hogan. <laughs> He's in love with himself. It's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Someone's got to. But. Um, uh, you know, I feel like this is the part of Deathly Hallows Part 2 where, you know, because g- before the show, we run down, you know, what we're going to talk about uh, off the air. And, you know, we kind of catch up with each other for just a little bit. But now it's time to get down to business. And at the very, I guess at the very end of that kind of catching up, you know, it feels like that part where McGonagall says, and Potter, it's good to see you. And it is really, really good to see you guys. I will say I did for the first time in a while, actually probably the longest time in my life since it came out, reread Deathly Hollows. It's probably been the longest span before this reread. So before, because I've reread all the other books over and over going chapter by chapter through the other show and it felt so good. And I know that moment. And this is what it feels like. And that's why I did that's why I did do the reread. I was like, man, I just need to recharge my batteries, read all the way through the end, and just be back on top of it. Cause yeah, we've all been a little bit away from things. And it just felt like, okay, complete the knot, bring it back, and here we are. I, I love that line. I also love the part where they all start showing up in the room of requirement and Lavender Brown kind of like makes eyes at uh Ron and Hermione's just like pulling him away, just was like, you. <laughs> 
dirty whatever you want to call her that's no more way. PC. Yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> well we all wish that we could have been on today the reality of the world that we live in now is that we couldn't gretchen just got married so congratulations to gretchen Mazel uh, yeah yeah, she just got married a couple of days ago, and Alex has completed her move back to California um, and uh, uh, getting started with things out there. So we just wish them all the best of luck. And of course, they are both most certainly a part of our broadcast, even though they might not be on um, that much anymore. And it is understandable. But, you know, we're, we're all a family and we're still going to remain a family no matter what. Well, speaking of, I mean, it's no secret that we've been gone for a while. I, I just wanted to take a quick pulse check of how you guys have been doing in the crazy world that we're currently living in. I mean, is everybody everybody doing okay? Are we healthy? Are we making our way through this crazy thing called life now? Still overworked, still understaffed at work, and making it through a big home renovation. So that's uh, that's fun. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Living in the home during a big home renovation. It's got to be Don't challenging. if you can avoid it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that you're overworked, but you know what? I'm glad that you're here with us tonight. Luke, how about you, buddy? How you been? You know, I'm, I've been I've been holding up. It's been a, a long, interesting year. Some really terrible things, some really, really great things. But, uh, you know, working, brewing a lot of beer, which is always fun. It's where my heart is on, on the hobby side of things as well. So uh, that's been fun. I uh, got to see Bailey for the first time in... Uh, 15 months a couple months ago and then i saw her again like another month and a half after that so it was great um yeah no it's been cool uh being dad as always full-time job there as well but uh yeah covid was an interesting time yeah yeah i mean it's it's still very much out there uh for for folks that you know are, are living through it right now and we just uh we hope that all of our listeners are staying as safe as they can and as as healthy as they possibly can uh making the decisions that they feel best for them and their their loved ones uh, i will say something i've been doing sorry to cut you off the past uh, couple days is i binged through this little show called wait what just happened that was freaking hilarious can you tell us if there's any familiar voices that our listeners yeah, might know on that you, show you, i would say go check it out and see if you know the voices yourself but uh yeah no it, these two my two lovely co-hosts here uh host that show along with megan petrus from switched and flick and i gotta say the three of you the chemistry is is awesome and there have been some really big topics talked about on that as well um between uh the role of big tech and the media and as well as women's rights after uh, Vice President Kamala got uh, her new job. So check those out for big talk and little talk and funny talk the whole time through. So I recommend it for sure. Thank you. No, I, I actually wasn't planning on <laughs> mentioning it on the show, but um, I didn't think he, I, I, I didn't. I believe that you didn't know that I was even listening to it. I didn't. And it surprised the hell out of me. So, um, well, one, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, for for those of you that are listening right now are like, wait, what are they talking about? This isn't Harry Potter. No, we we actually started a little side project um, at the beginning of the year, and Bailey and I have been planning this thing for... 
for a long, long time. Like years. <laughs> years. Yeah, years, literally years in the making. Um, so we, we finally got it off the ground at, oh, gosh, I think in December. It is kind of a show about weird news, but we also discuss like kind of real topics um, and things like that. And, and Luke, like I said, I am just so, uh, so thrilled that you are listening or that you listened to it um, and that you thoroughly enjoyed it. That is most certainly uh, the aim of the show is just for it to be an enjoyable listen uh, for everybody. Now, we, we haven't put out an episode. Yes, I know that you're like, oh, what's the difference? No, we haven't put out an episode in like a, a month and a half. It's just been really busy this summer for all of us to kind of get together. Uh, but we do have two episodes in the can that are recorded that should be released hopefully soon. Um, but we recommend, yeah, you go subscribe on that. Um, it's called Wait, What Just Happened? So good stuff. Wow. And like I said, I wasn't planning on mentioning that. On this yeah, no, it, it really is a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't have mentioned it if, if I didn't actually enjoy it. I mean, I truly, truly endorse the show. It is very fun and funny and enjoyable to listen to. Thank you so much. Easy to binge. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's only about uh, eight episodes right now. Um, two more are coming, like I said. Well, okay, let's uh, let's talk about that boy wizard. Let's talk about Harry Potter. You know, that's why we're that's why we're here on Hogwarts Radio today. Um, I really have a, a, a story that I want to share with you guys uh, about my niece. Now, recently she turned 11, about a month ago, um, and I've always wanted to do this for my own child someday, but uh, for right now, I'm just going to go ahead and settle on my niece. I wanted to get a custom Hogwarts letter for her. And she's never read the series or anything like that. Um, she she doesn't know what's going on. And she's never seen the movies. I know I'm a horrible uncle, but there's a reason behind... There's a method to this madness, you guys. Um <laughs> No, seriously. I uh, I was like, okay, whenever she turns 11, I'm going to give her a Hogwarts letter and the first book. Um, and then whenever she turns 12, I'm going to give her the second book so she can follow along the journey. Kind of like the people that grew up with the series, I want to kind of expose this new generation that's growing up to that s- same kind of thing. So I went ahead and gave her a Hogwarts letter, a custom Hogwarts letter, and she read it. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been accepted to this school that is so cool. And she kind of has this, you know, just a little idea about Harry Potter. But like I said, never seen the movies or anything like that. Um, So one night um, after she got the letter, she watched the movie with my wife. Uh, She watched the very first movie. And she's like, wait, this is just like my letter. And uh, and my wife is like, yeah, you know, you have to you have to let Professor McGonagall know if you're going or not. She wrote back to Professor McGonagall. Um, and she goes, I, uh, you know, thank you very much for the letter. I don't know if I can go because my mom says that my school starts in August and you want me to go to Hogwarts in September. So I don't think I can make it, but thank you very much. Um, oh my goodness. And, and one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll post the letter, uh, somewhere, but I thought it was the cutest thing ever. And she, so she has to read JK, a, a book by JK Rowling for, she's going into sixth grade. So she has to read the very first Harry Potter book. Um, so I quiz her every single day. I say, Hey, what, what chapter are you on? And she says, I just finished chapter seven. And I'm like, I remember that shit from Pottermore. So I'm like, that's, a, <laughs> that's the sorting hat. That's the sorting hat chapter. And so, um, she said, yeah, whenever I get home tonight, which was a couple of nights ago, I'm going to just sit down and I'm just going to read it. And I said, okay, great. Well, she made it through about five chapters. <laughs> so that next day she was on chapter 12. Um, and I was like, oh my God, she's, you know, she's, 
really devouring this book. And she's she's that kind of reader where she comprehends everything that she reads. She might read a little slower. She might not consume the content as fast, but she can recall details just like that. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, tell me what else happened, you know? <laughs> um, so getting the information out of her. But I thought that was adorable uh, that she was so excited. She turned down McGonagall. <laughs> and she turned down McGonagall. <laughs> Well, it was more of a, let me get, you know, some second opinions here. Let's see what mom has to say about it. And, well, and uh, to we'll be fair, ahead. she had a prior commitment. Right. She, and, but if she, if she doesn't like the school she's at, she's got a month to try it before she can go to Hogwarts. So it's, you know, it, it's she's got time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. It was very adorable um, how she kind of responded and she felt bad that she couldn't go. Um, and then she didn't know there wasn't a return address on the letter, of course. Um, so she didn't know how to get it back to Professor McGonagall. So so my wife was like, just give it to Terrence and he'll know what to do with it. Um, so <laughs> I told her, yep, I sent it back out, you know, through the owl, that, that the owl that delivered it. I gave it to him and he gave it to her. And she She's like, is she going to write back? And I was like, I don't think so. Well, nice, nice job, Uncle Terrence, as well. Thank you. I think I think you did a, did a good thing and uh, nice work. It's yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, I'm even more excited to give her the the second book after she finishes the first. You know, I need a I need another little Potter buddy with me. <laughs> So it's nice. It's nice having somebody to go along with you on a, especially on a reread. It's nice to have that back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, guys, speaking of birthdays, the show, yes, this show that you're currently listening to, believe it or not, celebrated its 13th birthday at the beginning of this month. Wow. We have a teenager of a show, you guys, first and foremost. But I mean, secondly, I never thought I never thought that we would still be going after 13 years. Um, I thought Potter was over back in 2011, whenever the final movie was released, you know, you know, and then, oh, Pottermore comes along and then, oh, Fantastic Beast comes along and all that good stuff. But this show... <laughs> it's funny and and it, it may sound like ridiculous to the, the regular listener but uh, this show actually it, it means a lot to me and and it's that's why it's been you know so hard to kind of make decisions about the future of this podcast because I want to make sure I do it right um, and I want to make sure that all of us you know are, are kind of involved in 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 doing that and and that's why we've taken a break uh, over this past year and it's 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 been so refreshing to take a step back from podcast over the past year because there's been so much going on within the Potter community that we've really had had to take stock about how we want to proceed with this podcast and what we want to cover. And until we were able to answer that question with the utmost integrity, we had to put a pin in it. I mean, there was no if, ands, or buts. We just, we couldn't make the decision about how we wanted to move forward with that. But now that we were able to work through some of those challenging issues, um, we can safely say that the show is in a much better place of being able to move forward. Uh, with the fandom, um, and that's that's exciting in itself. Um, so, what's happened in thirteen years? Well, a lot has happened. Um, uh, for example, Wizard Rock hit its peak, 
And I, I mean, I dare say that it hit its peak. It's still, yeah, it's still going, but it was really at its peak um, whenever the books and movies were still coming out. Um, Harry Potter podcasts explode onto the scene in the past 13 years. Uh, we've dealt with various things such as the Half-Blood Prince movie, Deathly Hallows movie, part one and part two, the Tales of Beetle the Bard. James and Sirius prequel, which, which uh, to be fair, it was written and released uh, two months before we released our first episode, but the show was actually in pre-production since February of 2008. We've experienced Pottermore, we've experienced the Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme park announcement and expansion. Uh, we've gone through the very first LeakyCon, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, Harry Potter the Exhibition, we've lived through Star Kid, <laughs> Cursed Child, Wizard. World Digital, Wizards Unite, HP Mystery, Fantastic Beast Film Series, and the founding of the IQA, to name a few things in the past 13 years. That's crazy. It's a lot. That was like a trip down memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) Especially I remember all of those things specifically. Yeah, I I know all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to mention, I mean, that's just a few things. That's not even included. The fan projects, um, you know, the the Harry Potter Alliance recently changed its name to Fandom Forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've lived through that. We lived through ha- helping Haiti heal, which was a big initiative. And Haiti, once again, is in trouble uh, because of natural disasters. Um, it's there. There are so many things that we've kind of experienced with this podcast and that's that's part of the reason why it's you know very important to me yeah we've changed hands and hosts a few times um and that's to be expected as you kind of grow through the show but you know it, the the core part of the show has always been about you know fan community and passion about the the Harry Potter series yeah i mean i think one thing i've i've always enjoyed about this show is it's just the the melding of ideas from different people from different parts of the world, having a chance to talk about this one united thing. And I don't know, it's a really special platform to have been, you know, invited to be a part of and to be, you know, come a part of this because I think it does reach a lot of people and it does mean a lot to a lot of people and not just us here doing it. It's good for us to have somebody else realize other people are just as insane about some of this stuff as we are. But, you know, it's nice to come across these ideas that, just blossom within the discussion and then getting some of the fan mail and other things that come in, you know, letters to Smarmy Lukehart, you know, those, those, (laughs) those are always welcome. And, um, you know, it's, I think we get to do some really cool things that it's easy to, uh, look past and forget how special it is what we get to do because we're on this side of the mic. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that our show is special and that there's kind of something for everyone, whether you're into the news about Harry Potter or the, the, like the deep dives into a specific character or chapter or a certain plot point that happened in the book or the movie. I think that there's something that everyone who enjoys Harry Potter would like on this show. Or just silly, funny games about, you know, which of these characters would you kill? Which one would you give a love potion to? Like those just enough to brush on a variety of random characters or just a weird combination of characters. I mean, it's, I agree with you, Bailey. I think there's, there's something for everyone at some point. Um, and and what we're able to do here. And I'm excited to keep moving forward. There's been times over the past, you know, maybe 10 years that I've I've been like, okay, well, you know, if, if the series is ending, if, you know, the franchise is saying goodbye, well, that means we've got to start wrapping up house here. And 
I've come to the realization that that's most certainly not the case. You know, this is a this is a fan project. The show is a fan project, and it's a living, breathing thing, and it evolves uh, constantly. Um, so, you know, all this being said, that the, going forward, this this show, you are going to notice changes that we will be folding into future episodes. Uh, but we're still going to be retaining that original. Hogwarts radio flavor that everybody has come to know and love over the past 13 years. And Bailey, you, you know, I know you you were bringing up the news earlier, um, and you know, it's kind of tough to just discuss Potter news nowadays. There's really not much news coming out of the Wizarding World at all. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the direct cause of this is. I mean, is it that fan sites aren't reporting this news anymore? That pop culture sites aren't as interested in the franchise anymore? You know, has the news centered around this franchise just dried up? Because it's so funny you mentioned that. Like, right before we came on air, I saw a piece of Potter news. And I was like, wow, like, I don't even remember seeing, like, anything having to do with the greater wizarding world as a whole on the news in a while unless it's focusing on she who shall not be named <laughs> yeah i mean I, the news i wouldn't say is something that i think it's no surprise not one of my specialties or major interests myself like i don't follow it that closely i'm more book canon character stuff um but i just looking at what has gone down in the last couple years I, it doesn't seem that surprising to me especially when you look at it in the grand scheme of things of one maybe Maybe an aging uh, fan base to some extent who have also had some other mega fandoms since this has kind of been out of the spotlight. Uh, you know, Game of Thrones, a bunch of other really huge hit TV shows and book series that I think this was a bit of a window or, a, you know, a door that opened up for other people finding other fandoms too. We learned how to be a fandom. And I think that has translated into people being fans of other things that they might not have been. It's a bit of a leap off point. And with the, you know, prolification of access to the Internet, those things blow up even quicker than it did for Harry Potter originally. You know, it, they might be more flash in the pan, shorter lived things to some extent. But I, I think it's a bit of a combination. People are distracted. covid she who must not be named doing things that are dumb um just stay off twitter jk come on you just stay off you're better off <laughs> we don't want you to hear it um but I, I think it's you know a litany of things that have added to it especially with the movie series uh being somewhat postponed due to covid as well like, a, a lot of the stuff that we've been hearing the last couple of years have been very fantastic beasts casting type information or you know production type thing so that was a bit put on hold and you can only say oh we're holding so many times that it just gets pretty boring and then you're just kind of manufacturing nothing and i think that is kind of where it's been no i mean that's a good point too um and that i i feel like Obviously, the Harry Potter fandom is not the very first fandom that was out there. You know, you have others, but uh, others that were out there before. But uh, and we talked about this on the show that the Harry Potter fandom kind of kind of came into like this perfect storm of the internet just 
kind of exploding onto the scene, fan sites like kind of cropping up and just the 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 expansion of information and the access to all this information um, and, and everything like that. Everything was just there and it mixed really well together. Um, and that started about 21 years ago. Uh, some of the oldest fan sites, you know, 1999, of course, MuggleNet uh, was founded. Um, but because of the amount of newsworthy, newsworthy content out there is just so massive, has the series just run its natural course and reached some sort of a finite conclusion, maybe? No. <laughs> he said, no, never. <laughs> There's always going to be new people coming into the series and finding it for the first time. I mean, look at Mike with Potterless and, you know there's always going to be people having that same exact experience that he did and, you know, maybe not podcasting about it, but Harry Potter isn't something that's generational. It's something that it knows no limits of just the generation of people who were alive when it was coming out. I do think it's going to age to some extent. It's not going to be as relevant, you know, it, when they're talking about, you know, PlayStation in, in book three, that it, it, it's, it's kind of dating itself, but there are some, timeless things in the story that i mean you read a any classical romantic you know type fantasy book and they have a lot of the similar elements and they are still interesting to read whether or not you live in that time period a lot of times it's you can escape into this world that's the whole idea of it right i mean it's harry escaping from this terrible regular world into something more magical and it's always going to be in style you know to some extent i for me, I think what it's going to take, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And it suffers in a way that Lord of the Rings and Tolkien necessarily doesn't because they've had a steward since Dr. Tolkien passed away so many years ago. His son has taken the reins and has kept it going. Who, who's who's going to hold the reins next? You know, and it, are, or should they go a more, you know, Marvel route or, you know, another type of thing where they bring in more talent to start telling some of these other stories and not just rely on JK. I don't think she's going to let the reins up very easily at all, but I think that's what it's going to take to breathe new life into the series if it's needed. Man, I wonder if it's going to be, uh, we've said this over the past year and a half, and I, I think it's been a, a very solid idea that this series, yes, on paper, it still belongs to J.K. Rowling. Um, it still belongs to Warner Brothers, but the fans are really the ones who have built and cultivated the expansion on this world. We, I like to think that we, as a fandom, are the reason why they decided to come out with the Fantastic Beast franchise. Why there's going to be a theme park? You know, there was a there was a like a need for it. There was, you know, there was the the, the supply was the just the content rich world of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and the. The demand was for something tangible that the fans could actually see and look at and experience and and be a part of. Um, and then we ultimately, I feel like the fans have kind of, now that we have that, we have consumed it and we are, we claim it as our own. Even though, you know, like I said, on paper it may not be, you know, this this fandom and this world is really owned by the fans. And it's up to us on how 
we would want this series to move forward. Let's say that Fantastic Beast, for all the trouble that it's going through, the fans are not demanding it, you know, to 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 move forward. There is not a strong demand, especially after the reaction to the the last movie and the reaction to I know you're pointing at yourself, Luke, because I know you thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> I, was say, I think Terrence is the only one on this panel that does not specifically want more fantastic based content but that's not right this second <laughs> that's not what i'm saying though i wouldn't mind it but there's just been so much turmoil that and things that have other things that have happened to where we don't feel like the the author can be responsible with this world any longer or the studio we don't feel like the studio can be responsible for it any longer and the fans have in sense become the caretakers of this fandom. So anything moving forward in the next 10, 20 years, sure, on paper, it's Warner Brothers, but the demand is going to come from the fans. If you build it, they will come. Hostile takeover time. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them podcast. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, you know I have that planned, Bailey. We, we, <laughs> you and I have to do it. Wait, Just wait. Just get ready. Fantastic scenes and where to find them because they're brilliant movies. Oh, I my goodness. Um, let's go ahead and get to a couple of announcements this week. Um, we want to remind all of our listeners that if you like our podcast, share it with a friend. Let me say that again. If you like our podcast, share it with a friend. Chances are, if you like it, they'll like it too. And just and, mash- and if they don't, you know who you don't want your friends to be. There you go. <laughs> this is the friend litmus test. This is it. Hogwarts Radio choosing your friends since 2008. <laughs> the, 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 the sorting friend, you know? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, many of you have, uh, many of you out there have asked how to get involved with the show. And, well, we are currently taking applicants for a variety of positions, such as on-air hosting. If you want to be on the panel with us, if you want to help produce our podcast, if you are into brand management and social media, um, and if you would like to become a part of the team and feel like that you contribute in any way, send us an email to hello at hogwartsradio.com. So guys, in preparation for this week's episode, I I had to kind of get back into the Hogwarts radio groove because yes, it is like riding a bicycle once you get on it and you know you start pedaling. You're like, oh yeah, this is how it goes. This is how I stay on. Uh, but it's getting up in onto the bike and getting started uh, first. So I I had to figure out the flow of the show again. <laughs> and I know that sounds bad, but I had to, I had to listen to. Uh, a couple of episodes of the show, and uh, I binged the hell out of the the, the podcast today. Um, I listened to about four four and a half episodes, um, and had a great time doing it, guys. Uh, I'm just gonna plug this one time. If you missed our Marauders discussion on uh, episode, I think it started with episode 209 about where we broke down each Marauders character. Please go listen to that. That was a fantastic discussion. We spent three episodes alone on Sirius Black, um, and I love that so much. I think there was a lot of, if I remember correctly, a lot of dissension in some of these discussions, too, of people disagreeing with me and being wrong. There was a lot of that, and, and that's, that's okay. 
Well, there was a lot of Snape discussion, too, in one of those episodes. Oh. And uh, we all know how that goes for Luke. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Yeah. There was that famous episode where I challenged myself to chug a gallon of water. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Episode. But, yeah. And then went running off camera as soon as the episode was done. Oh, man. Yeah. That was. Yeah, I Lucy. totally forgot about that. That was hilarious. Was that before we went to Boston Leaky? It was, yeah. That yeah. was before that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Should have tried it live when we did our uh, LeakyCon episode. Oh my God, oh, I, could, man. I could barely talk during that episode. I, I think I caught like, I don't know. I don't know. I caught the Potter <laughs> flu, the leaky flu, um, and I was barely able to talk. Uh, I believe episode 254 was our leaky cod uh, one in the Airbnb. But uh, hey, tonight I only have the uh, bottle of water and it's about halfway done. So there you um, go. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge <laughs> myself to drink the rest of this. It's a reasonable sized serving. Um, but uh, the, one of the things, getting back to it, uh, the, one of the things that really. Uh, I loved about that episode was our character discussion and really how we methodically broke down uh, each character. Um, and so we're going to do the same thing with that today. And I thought it would be fun to discuss Professor Bins since, well, we, we really haven't before. So uh, those of you that don't know P Professor Bins, he was the history of magic teacher at Hogwarts. And I say was, uh, we'll explain that here uh, here in just a bit, but uh, we'll break down um, everything uh, that we know about him. And honestly, we don't know too much about him. Uh, Professor Cuthbert Bins. What a name for a child, Cuthbert. That's uh, one of those good old-fashioned names. <laughs> Uh, there's a, there's probably some poor kid named Cuthbert right now listening to the podcast. He's like, these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, officially never named Cuthbert in the book series. At least it doesn't pull up in my full series Kindle. I know it's the correct name, okay. but I don't think it's in the seven books. So he was, like I said, the history of magic professor at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He owned an office in the main castle and classroom 4F on the first floor to teach. And get this, guys. His classroom was on the, you know, the first floor, but his office was on the fifth floor. <laughs> um, Getting in his steps. I know. I know. Is he, though? Is well, he, we'll talk about that here. He was. <laughs> He taught until a very old age, um, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, as well in, in just a quick moment. Um, but I mean, that's really like the 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 very beginnings of of him. Like we know where he taught, we know where his prof we know where his classroom. Uh, I'm sorry, we know where his office was located, and that's it. Um, but as far as like physical description, well, he he looked he looked much like an an a little animal, isn't that right, Bailey? Like a small animal. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Bins, uh, well, he was a ghost, and he was described as looking ancient and shriveled and like a little old tortoise when he pursed his lips. He wore glasses, which were small and thick, and he had a dry, reedy voice that sounded, well, kind of like an old vacuum cleaner droning on and on and on. Does anybody want to take a crack at how Professor Ben sounds? I haven't practiced my old man voice in a long, long time. <laughs> I mean, all I can think about is just like a vacuum going, vacuum going. 
but it sounds more like a tornado siren. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of like a vacuum that's like seen a lot of uh, vacuuming, if you will. And it kind of gets like wheezy a little bit. Like as you roll it, it kind of like squeaks a little bit and, you know, has has some trouble getting around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I when I think an old vacuum cleaner droning on and on, I think there's got to be a really monotonous, you know, when you're vacuuming, you go back and forth. Zoom, zoom, zoom. So it's got to be a really boring, monotonous, very rhythmic tone that just is very boring and it puts you to sleep. So I think it's more of a cadence thing for me when I read it that way than a he sounds like a vacuum cleaner, like, you know, the noise of it. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I think I found a uh, a clip of Professor Ben's uh, dug up from the interwebs here. So we're going to go ahead and play it right now. For dry, red eyes, clear eyes is <laughs> awesome. It removes redness and has an ingredient to moisturize. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Ben Um, Stein. I can imagine Ben Stein being kind of like Professor Ben's. Yeah, I mean, they should have they should have cast him. They should have had him in the movies that had had Ben Stein do it. It'd have been perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew uh, Professor Ben's did uh, eyedrop commercials? (laughs) (laughs) Believe it. He's a dry, crusty old ghost. Why not? Yeah, all shriveled. Um, so a little bit about his personality and traits. Uh, so it can be seen that he was very impatient and did not take the liberty of learning his students' names, calling Hermione Granger Miss Grant, Pavati Patil Miss Pennyfeather, <laughs> and Seamus Finnegan or Flattery. <laughs> And even O'Flaherty. the O'Flaherty, yeah, sorry. And even the famous Harry Potter Perkins. Um, it's possible that he was actually calling them by the names of previous students from years ago, possibly due to the senility he was, uh, as he was very old at the time of his death. Uh, Bins was also shown to be a firm disbeliever in legends and mythology, dedicating his studies and lectures on solid, believable facts. You know, what this kind of reminds me of is a drunk slughorn. Uh, (laughs) He's like, good to see you, (laughs) Ollenby. I can see that. I can see that. Weatherby, you know, well, Weatherby was Percy, but, you know, I could could see that. Yeah. Um, This is probably a discussion for another time. Make a note of this one because I've I've been curious about this. I mean, one history of magic professor, right? Does he not know anything about the magic famous Harry Potter and that whole story? Or is it he can't learn new material since he died? I'm just curious about this because how could he possibly as the history teacher not know the most famous historical figure in the past 20 years who's in his room every other day? Like I I just have questions about that. Not a discussion for now, but how much can ghosts learn post-mortem is a, a topic I'd like to discuss at some point. You know, and, and that kind of makes sense that he might not. That's why he calls, you know, the students by these names. This might be students from the past. You know, this is what he can only remember. So he associates their faces with kind of, oh, yeah, well, they might have changed like from day to day or their kids, you know, they're growing up and. You know, he he cut. That's how he's able to associate them. So I can imagine his lessons, which are described, and we'll talk about it here in just a bit, as being boring. Well, because they would be repetitive. 
because he's talking about the same things all the time. Um, he drones on and on about the goblin rebell- rebellions um, in the 19th century. He, you know, he drones on and on about these these little pieces of a history of magic and really doesn't teach anything current. I mean, like you said, Luke, he has Harry Potter in his classroom. That would have given you an indication of how, whoa, damn, maybe maybe I should brush up on this kind of magic that kind of brought that kept him alive. You know, he was hit with the killing curse. Jesus, what kind of magic is that? Yeah, like I said, a, a bigger topic that, I mean, I don't know if I really believe it because there's a lot of evidence against it as well, but just worth the conversation, you know, while we're talking about bins here. That was something that I, I've been curious about. Um, so he does teach history of magic. You know, he he's the professor of history of magic at Hogwarts. He was an authority and thoroughly knowledgeable of magical history, at least Pre-cubously, teaching the the subject for several decades at Hogwarts School with his rich and varied historical knowledge spanning much of wizarding history. Much, maybe not all. Uh, Magizoology. He is also knowledgeable in the study of magical creatures as he had knowledge about the traits of several different breeds of dragons. Um, He doesn't know much about basilisks. That doesn't really come up. So uh, limited but knows some things studies of ancient runes as well. Knowledgeable in the field of runology as he taught sixth year history of magic students about the history of ancient runes during the 1989, 1990 school year at Hogwarts. I don't remember that. That must've been uh, one of the older Weasley brothers talking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever I see magizoology and thank you to the fantastic beasts, series um i tend to automatically go to newt scamander so it's it's possible maybe he helped newt in one of the renditions of fantastic beasts and where to find them maybe he was a source whenever newt was studying dragons and this also makes me think that albus dumbledore might have had a a relationship with him well obviously because he taught it you know teaches at hogwarts but dumbledore might have tapped his knowledge about the blood uh 12 uses of dragon's blood which is what dumbledore was originally famous for yeah bounce some ideas back and forth off of one another and and, oh my god my mind is going to dark places here so what i mean i don't know if dumbledore's like this or not because honestly my opinion of the guy is 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 really jaded but what if the 12 uses of of dragon's blood dumbledore really didn't find those out it was all professor benz that had all that knowledge and you know dumbledore kind of took that knowledge from you know from kind of like robbed them of that knowledge and said oh you know what no i discovered this Uh, and then killed him to cover it up no no because he died in the He died in like a little the, bit of a stretch. The sixties and seventies. So, um, <laughs> oh gosh, that just take takes me to places that I don't really want to go to. Hogwarts Radio After Dark. 
the killing Paris edition. No, oh, my boy. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> well, let's uh, let's let's learn a little about his Cuthbert's early life, shall we? He was born into the Bins family with a Mister Bins as his father. Uh, unsure as to what Mister Bins's name was, it was said that his father always used to say something to him, but Cuthbert would fall asleep in the middle of his sentence before his father could complete it. It sounds like he liked to give his students a little bit of what he had to go through, or his father had to go through, uh, raising him. Do you know what this little thing reminds me of? Uh, have you guys seen Lady and the Tramp? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Where the bloodhound goes, like my grandpappy used to say. <laughs> and then he never finishes the sentence. You know, he never finishes what his grandpappy used to say. Don't reckon you used to something something before. <laughs> Do you want to know what this reminded me of? What's that? Bailey, reread just the first sentence again. <laughs> Cuthbert was born into the Bins family. With he was Mr. born Bins. in a bin. He will not let the quaffle in. <laughs> always, <laughs> always lets the quaffle in. That's exactly uh, where my, my head went. He was born in a bin. Weasley is our king. Weasley is our king. I couldn't help it. So, okay. So, fun fact here about the etymology. Um, bins is from binoculars, a slang term for spectacles. Professor Bins wore very thick glasses. Now, a bin, as a as dubbed by British English, um, is a large storage container. A dustbin is, um, you know, the British, British English for a garbage can. So the boring professor could be described as a ghostly storage for information that many Hogwarts students view as rubbish. I don't know I where, know where, where I was That's going cool. with that. Yeah. Here's a quote from the book. <clears throat> and I read aloud for you. Professor Binns opened his notes and began to read in a flat drone like an old vacuum cleaner until nearly everyone in the class was in a deep stupor, occasionally coming round long enough to copy down a name or date, then falling asleep again. Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I just felt natural once I got into it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay, we know the guy had a problem falling asleep. And honestly, to me, it sounds like he had a medical condition that was never fully realized. Or was this just simply a result of old age? Or was he always so tired because his office was located on the fifth floor? Why so tired? Um, this kind of goes into a similar thought with, which with, with what I had earlier of how much of a stasis personality is a ghost stuck in at the time of their death. Think about some of the ghosts that we know. Moaning Myrtle, constantly sobbing. She was doing that at the time of her death. It's a constant thing for her that's always going on to some extent, or it's on the verge of being there. She's in a highly emotional state at all times. A highly preteen emotional state at all times. Then we have um, Sir Nicholas, you know, nearly headless Nick. He is very proud and he's very upset with, with, with 
how poorly his execution happened, but he's still a stout, proud figure of his own personal uh, heritage and his own, you know, abilities. So I, I think we see that come out in him. We know the Bloody Baron was in a murderous deal at the time when he killed the Grey Lady and then himself. He seems to always be in that way. I mean, again, I, I just maybe... Binz was just tired when he died. He was just an old man and he was tired from walking five flights back up and down just that day and just couldn't do it anymore. And that's that's his that's his stasis now. Okay, Uh, I can get on board with that uh, a bit. You don't sound very convinced, though. (laughs) I mean, no, because, okay, I fell down the rabbit hole earlier. The guy is just always so tired. and, And there's really we don't learn much about the accessibility features of the Wizarding World, you know. We don't know because it's so easy. To They're not ADA work. compliant. Yeah. It's well, not ADA compliant for <laughs> sure. Moving staircases. I mean, come on. There's the moving elevator for Can't these No kids. elevators. <laughs> Where's the moving elevator? Come well, on. They, okay, so they can apparate, though. Uh, they not can, Hogwarts. Haven't you read Hogwarts of History? Well, Dumbledore can. Okay. <laughs> but he's Dumbledore. <laughs> and he's got style. <laughs> oh, they could take a broom. I mean, there's uh, they could use the flu system of Hogwarts. There's there's so many different ways to to travel. Yes, it, it's quite possible that the dude was just he was dead tired. Okay, <laughs> that was that's it. Um, but as I fell down the rabbit hole here, um, could it? Let me let me put out a theory here. Could it be theorized that he was poisoned? to sleep all the time and that he had to counter it with a potion to stay awake. So he's taking no dose is what you're saying. And he never, and he couldn't get to that potion in time to stay awake. So he was in the staff room and that, that was it. What would be, what would be your, uh, Ooh, so you said, you set up a a potion. I was thinking more of like a, like a sleeping hex that he's trying to, you know, someone's going, melatoninists and, and it's just <laughs> a little a little tie tie you know uh, <laughs> he uh, just stayed in the staff room a little too long graded one too many papers and that was the end of him that was it man I- i'm just thinking about like accessible wizarding world now and like wheelchair accessible brooms was the first thing that popped into my head like that would be cool you'd almost i think you'd have to have two just like strapped into the side. Yeah, almost like a, like a carriage. Uh huh. Yeah. Type that seems, that seems pretty straightforward. Because we know Hagrid's too big. That's to a different room. episode. Yeah. We could we could go down a let's, full let's rabbit hole with just accessible things in the wizarding <laughs> world. <laughs> all I'm all I'm imagining is like something like Sirius's motorbike, like for these kind of students, you know, to kind of zoom them through and like or like when they took Harry's trunk. Yeah. Uh, in order the phoenix and they kind of didn't they strap it between two brooms yeah Mm -hmm. or whenever they get um norbert in book one they Mm -hmm. basically strap it between four (laughs) four brooms (laughs) i'm thinking like the the uh, wheelchair folks have some kind of spell that they're able to use like the night bus has where they're able to pass between people in the halls and stuff um that you know that they're like, oh, do, do, aren't you afraid you're going to run into something? And then like, oh, students, they don't pay attention to really anything, do they? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. That'd be a pretty cool discussion for another day. Um, so, okay, you have a teacher that falls asleep all the time, right? I mean, this dude is like gone. Um, he falls asleep in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> 
I don't think that's a very responsible thing to do. I mean, is is Professor Benz a responsible teacher? Should he be trusted with something as important as student safety? He's a ghost. What can he really do for students? Yeah, like how responsible can he be? Is this what you Go missed, over Terrence? there, us children? Just, us just like uh, just poo-pooing <laughs> some of your great ideas. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're gonna kick us off the show. I have no idea how Dumbledore. Well, we all know Dumbledore wasn't really responsible anyway. Um, but I have no idea how this dude managed to stay. You know, thirty was it thirty eight years or something like that as a teacher. Um, as a ghost, you know, because as a teacher, as an administrator, you're entrusted with a certain amount of responsibility for your class. And uh, yeah, as you're, if you're a ghost, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's not even like you can do any kind of magic to, I don't know, send a note to the headmaster's office that, you know, I sent Potter out of the class today because he was misbehaving. Like, nope, you have no way of enforcing what you're trying to get your students to do. So my my co-host on the podcast that must not be named has always been very curious about the teaching habits of the professors at at school. And so we probably wax on way more than anyone ever should. Um, And she's always been worried. How does he grade papers? Can you know, if he's unable to pick up animate objects, how is he supposed to collect papers and grade papers? He's got to have a TA or somebody to help him. That's what I've always responded with. But yeah, um, like that seems really tedious too. like (laughs) either way. But it's it's a good question. You know, how, how does he what could he actually do? Yeah, how does he even submit his grades? He just goes in and talks to Dumbledore and drones yeah, him orally. Asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and he kills Dumbledore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so uh, we we we've talked a lot about like the fact that he's a ghost, but Luke, how exactly did he die? All right. Professor Binns was still teaching well into his elderly years at Hogwarts, still lecturing students in history of magic. Now so old that he looked like a wrinkled tortoise. Binns went down to the staff room on the ground floor and went to sleep in front of the fire. However, he died in his sleep and when he got up to teach his next class, was a ghost. Regardless, he did not seem to notice, though he did begin to fly into his classroom through the blackboard. But his lessons were still just as boring as ever. It was said that the most exciting thing that ever happened in his class was when he entered through the blackboard. Okay, speaking of responsibility factor here, I mean, the guy dies in the break room um and then he just like nothing just floats up and and suddenly just goes into his class i mean wasn't anybody notified wasn't the headmaster notified that hey one of your professors died and then you know i i, I don't know did the professor Dippet or professor dumbledore whoever was professor in, in 1969 1970 um say that oh well He's a ghost now, so he's it's still okay. It's some form of him is still around. You know, he is still uh, you know able to fulfill his duties. I mean, a talk about dedication to your job. Even after you die, you're still you're still there doing your job. There it is. And B, now you don't have to pay him. Right. You don't have to like provide room and board for him. Like your your bill for teaching staff just got so much cheaper. And staff security, he's got nowhere else to go. 
Like, if you're happy with what he's doing, he'll always be there. And I mean, always be there. (laughs) It's, It's interesting, though, because if he can't learn anything new past the date of his death, then eventually he's going to be an outdated source of information, if if you will, and they will have to replace him. I don't know about replace, but they need to offer a magical current events course. They need a magical magical current events, you know, a great events of the magical 21st century class. That's what they need. Yeah. And then it can be like greater history of magic, like the older things. That's in the OWL region. They probably already have that. They probably know that. They're they've been doing this for years. They're good at this. They're not they're not good at creating syllabus and any of that stuff. They're terrible. This is an awfully run school. <laughs> no wonder why the ministry wants to shut it shut it down all the time. Um you know. Send your students to Bobaton. So <laughs> or Durmstrang with the headmaster death eater, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so does anybody else feel like this is really where his life began, was after death? Um, to be fair, this is where we know the, the most about him, because this is what happened in Harry's time. So, uh, uh, just real quick, in the 1988-19, uh, I'm sorry, during the 1970s, Professor Binns taught James, Lily, Peter, and Remus Lupin, and also Sirius Black, uh, for for unknown reasons... Professor Benz gave one of his chocolate frog cards to James Potter, which later fell in the hands of Quirrell, who put it in to his fault, number 998. Cool little fact there. Um, In the 1988-1989 school year, one of the groups that Benz had uh, taught was uh, Jacob's sibling, Nymphadora Tonks and Charlie Weasley. And as always, the classes were boring. Sometimes Tonks used her, used her metamorphomagus to um, transform into to transform into Bins in order to make lessons more interesting. Most of the time, Bins didn't even pay attention to the class, leading to students doing activities such as tasting confectionery or <laughs> playing exploding snap. Um, and again, he would fall asleep in the middle of a sentence. Um, the 91-92 school year, uh, which was Harry's first year, uh, Harry himself said easily the most boring lesson was history of magic. Uh, 92-93 is where things got exciting, and for this reason only. And it's a reason that the movies got incorrect. But Hermione asked, I was wondering if you could tell us anything about the Chamber of Secrets. And then Benz goes over the story about the four founders of Hogwarts, you know, According to legend, Slytherin built the chamber, yada, yada, um, and all that good stuff. In the movies, it was uh, Professor McGonagall. Um, nothing really happened of value in the rest of Binz's tenure, except that Binz himself was replaced as the professor of history of magic in 2008. Uh, there was a new history of magic professor, Jacob Gorski. Um, and it is unknown what happened to Bins after this, especially because as a ghost, his existence is endless. Maybe he fell asleep for good. I I don't know. Maybe he he finished his unfinished business finally. Yeah, 
possibly. He like kind of ghost dadded out or something. <laughs> so we don't have this written down, but can I add one more section to this? Sure. As basically thoughts from the author. Okay. This is, these are the notes from J.K. Rowling herself. Uh, this is from Hogwarts, an incomplete and unreliable guide, the Hogwarts Ghosts chapter. And this is the actually, actually post-chapter for J.K. Rowling's thoughts. The most productive ghost at Hogwarts is, of course, Professor Binns, the old history of magic teacher who fell asleep in front of the staff room fire one day and simply got up to give his class give his next class, leaving his body behind. There is some debate as to whether or not Professor Binns realizes he is dead. While his entrance to lessons through the blackboard is vaguely amusing, the first time students see it, he is not the most stimulating teacher. The inspiration for Professor Binns was an old professor at my university who gave every lecture with his eyes closed, rocking back and forwards, slightly on his toes. While he was a brilliant man who disgorged an immense amount of valuable information at every lecture, his disconnect with his students was total. Professor Binns is only dimly aware of his living students and is astonished when they begin asking him questions. So that's really all she has about bins, but there's this last little section that I think is interesting just for general knowledge. In the very earliest list of ghosts I ever wrote for Hogwarts, I included Myrtle, initially named Wailing Wanda, Professor Bins, <laughs> the Grey Lady, then called the Whispering Lady, and the Bloody Baron. There was also a Black Knight, the Toad, which left ectoplasm all over its classroom. Oh. And a ghost I rather regret not using. His name was Eg Edmund Grubb. And the notes beside his name say, <clears throat> expired in the doorway of the dining hall, sometimes stops, to get, stops people getting in out of spite. Fat Victorian ghost ate poisonous berries. <laughs> there you go. Edmund okay. Grubb. Could have been there. Could have been there. Just didn't happen. Um, okay, one thing that 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 kind of disturbs me about this, and I know we didn't touch on it, but whenever he got up and he, he he essentially left his body, so I can imagine his spirit floating out of his body, and you know him going along his business, but his body remaining there. So I mean, did his body decompose in the staff room? Was there a burial for his body? Was there a funeral? Did he go to his own funeral? <laughs> Probably fell asleep at his own funeral. I mean, I don't I don't know. He gave his own eulogy. He put everyone to sleep. That is that's that's kind of disconcerting a little bit. Self um, self eulogizing. Yep. Some <laughs> I mean, a decomposing body in one of the break rooms, and nobody. I'm sure it. another professor found it far before that happened. I mean, or you know, they they fed him to something else, or that's looks gotta eat. That's right. <laughs> okay, and I, I think that's it. That wraps up our discussion about Professor Benz. And but before we kind of get towards the end of the show here today, uh. Let's go ahead and bring back an old segment. Let's dust off an old chestnut, if you will, of a segment uh, called The Smells of Hogwarts. And I would, I want to ask the panel, what would the staff room that Professor Benz died in smell like? No, I'm kidding. Um, what would Professor Benz's classroom smell like? I just think it would be very stagnant and stale because none of the 
materials in the classroom are getting shuffled around. You know, it's not being redecorated or there's no new textbooks coming in and out. Like everything has been the same since he passed. And so I think it would just be very stale. Like when you walk into like an old storage unit or something and it just kind of smells different. I would imagine, yeah, right along the lines with that, a very dusty slash musky smell. Um, I can't imagine that he would care very much for cleaning, seeing as how dead. But also, whenever he was living, he was asleep half the time. But the, kind of another thought that entered my head as you were talking, Bailey, is the house elves of Hogwarts do the cleaning of the castle. So wouldn't they kind of make sure that his room stays not moldy, musky, all that kind of stuff? Probably. Probably to some extent. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think there's still going to be an air of, it probably smells like what seltzer water tastes like. Recycled air. If you just have the air conditioner on, on recirculation in your car for hours, and it just, you're breathing recycled air, that's what I think it smells like in there. And that's what seltzer water tastes like too. It's gross. It smells like stale water and like uh, ew. it smells like CO two. Even though it really it's, I mean, smell. Yeah, yeah, it it is. <laughs> it smells like a room very that, much what it is. like a room that's been closed up for a while. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little like death. Oh, so this is what death smells like. Oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> Just spray a little Febreze in here. Yeah, it, <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, get a little Febreze. That'll solve it. Not entirely unpleasant. <laughs> oh God. Okay, well, uh, that is it for our Professor Ben's discussion. Let's go ahead and move on to a our final segment today. Avada Kedavra, Amortentia, Imperio. It is the Wizarding World's version of Screw, Mary Kill. I'm going to give to Luke. Luke, you'll give to Bailey. Bailey to me. Okay, Luke, yours are Professor Ben's, the Bloody Baron, and the Fat Friar. Oh, man. Um, this is going to be unpopular no matter what I choose, but oh, let's think about it for Wait, a second. Wait, can you actually about a cadaver a ghost? I mean, I can try. <laughs> I don't know if it'll work, but... I mean, worst uh, case scenario, you can always petrify them. Very true. There it is. Um, all right. All right. I am going to Imperio the Fat Friar so he can go and cook for me and get the food for me and, and just be useful also he sounds like he'd be fun to hang around with just in general um man i'm gonna amortentia bins and kill the bloody baron because i i think i could i could be down for a short-term bins hangout i think i big history buff i, I think i would enjoy getting some of the nuts and bolts on magical history for a short period of time, give me the give me the highlights. I'll 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 do the reading. Just give me the references. I'll read the books. Luke will put him to sleep. <laughs> a, a fling, if you will. Right. That's. I mean, that's what retention is anyway. Right. Just okay. a, a little tip. A little, a little fling. Very good. A little side piece. Very good. But hit it and quit it with bins. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he only has one nightstand as well. So, all right, Bailey, are you ready for yours? As I'll ever be. Black Knight. The Toad and Edmund Grubb. <laughs> I knew you were going to go that route. I knew God it. Damn it. Uh, okay, let me pick based off of three characters I know literally nothing about. Well, remember, the Toad left ecto ectoplasm all over yes. its classroom 
and Edmund Grubb stands in the doorway of the dining hall, preventing people from getting in sometimes. I, I like to think that the Black Knight, kind of the character itself, the idea of the character morphed into Sir Cadigan. Yeah, he sounds like an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a little bit of a, a bad boy, if you will. Maybe he's only got no arms, just but a, just but a scratch. Flesh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to Avada Kedavra, the frog, Mr. Toad, toad. I don't know what, toad. whatever oh. his whatever his name was, Mr. Toad, Wild Ride, something or other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to Imperial Grub to always stand in the way of the dining hall and only let by the students that do their homework. There you go. If you want to eat, you better do your work. And I guess that leaves Black Knight for Amortentia. And I don't know. He can do whatever Black Knights do. <laughs> go on an adventure with you. or Exactly. You know, you send him on like, an let's adventure. go explore yeah. the grounds of Hogwarts. There you go. Go explore all the dangerous parts. It's your own personal bodyguard. The Shrieking Shack. That's number one. I mean, let's not go crazy here. No. <laughs> All right, Terrence, are you ready? As always, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, first up we have Professor Quirrell before he had a Voldemort in the back of his head. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart and Barty Crouch Jr. as Mad-Eye Moody. We're going with Defense Against the Dark Arts, professors. <laughs> Can I ask a clarifying uh, statement? Uh, sure. Is it, is it Gilderoy Lockhart before? Before he loses his mind. Okay, okay. Yes. We had qualifications on all the other ones. I just felt like he deserved one, too. <laughs> all right. So, oh, my goodness. Um, I would Imperio BCJ, Little Crouch, um, because he he is a very, very talented wizard, and you can really have him do anything that you want him to do. As far as what I would want him to do, I don't know until I'm placed in those situations. So... Uh, BCJ, definitely Imperio. Have him in my back pocket. Quirrell. Um, I'm going to have to Avada Kedavra Quirrell because uh, y'all seen like <laughs> y'all seen Jumanji too, um, where they go back uh, to the jungle. You know, Doctor Brainstone mm-hmm. and all them, right? And the, yep. the old guy, you know, his his job is like a zoologist and he has to really get to the point very fast. And I feel like that's something that Quirrell can't do. So he's not useful to me because he would stutter all over the place. So I would kill Quirrell. Um, and this then, is pre-stutter, though. This is pre-stutter, hey, Quirrell. Oh, Professor. It's pre-stutter, Quirrell. Oh, oh. Right, because yes, there before, was never before was, Voldemort. The stutter was just uh, just okay. a cover up. I thought. Well, Avada Kedavra him because he has a weak mind. Then, not very strong, Fair. not very useful. Right. Um, he was able to be taken by you know the dark side. So no, <laughs> um, which leaves Amortentia for Lockhart because the dude, uh, you know, if if he were to love me as much as he loves himself, that's a whole lot of love. Um, and I would just want to be a part of that. That's a, that must be a very nice feeling. That's, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's, that's one of the nicer ones we've had. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Lego. I know. Lockhart. That's, that's, that's that was great. what inspired my choices. I've been sitting here staring at my uh, Lego Diagon Alley the entire time. And he's the only character I can see just peeking out from between my computer and the typewriter. <laughs> that's amazing. 
All right. Well, I think it's about time to get out of here. But before we do, have you guys ever heard of the Hogwarts headache? I have not. Is that what happens when you stay up too late, like doing your homework at Hogwarts? No, and it has nothing to do with alcohol either. Um, (laughs) A Hogwarts headache. Wow, that is not something you get at a fan convention. Um, So, okay, get this. As I was researching topics for this week's show, uh, I ran across this one. In 2003, Dr. Howard J. Bennett coined the term Hogwarts headache in a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine shortly after the release of the longest book in the series, Order of the Phoenix. He described it as a mild condition, a tension headache, possibly accompanied by neck or wrist pains, caused by unhealthily long reading sessions of Harry Potter. The symptoms resolved themselves within days of finishing the book. He pres- His prescription of taking of taking reading breaks was rejected by two of the patients on which he discovered this headache. Was I one of them? (laughs) I don't know, but I remember flying through that book. So I didn't, I mean, I don't recall getting a headache probably from all the information or dealing with Sirius's death, but uh, yeah. uh, Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. Never heard of that before. Yeah. I had not heard of that. I mean, I, the wrist pains, I feel like that one makes more sense to me than the headaches of just like staying in a single position for too long, you know, without moving or anything. It's not the easiest to read a book while walking or, you know, moving around much. So like you have to like specifically make time to just at least change positions and be thoughtful. As yeah. an avid reader, I, I can attest to all of these things. Uh, I <laughs> constantly find myself, you know, my my wrists get a little sore from like holding the book for too long, especially like if it's a really big book Um, and your neck does kind of sort of start to get a little tense from either staring down, staring up, however you choose to read, whether you're laying on your stomach with your neck tilted back or sitting and kind of looking down, like reading itself is not a very comfortable activity for long periods of time. (laughs) We need to work on our reading ergonomics folks. We need to, we need to give a course in, in ergonomics for reading. Oh, just design like an ergonomic reading chair. I think that's to yeah. me, it'd be great if it if you had like one of those arms that would come out almost like a microphone arm and have something that would hold the book open to that page. Uh-huh. And like in front of level. your face. Yes. It was also strong enough that's flexible enough that you could lay down and have it hold it above you without it. That's how I like to read. I like to read laying down, holding it out in front of me. And yeah, like two arms up in the air like that. Yeah, blood rushes out of your arms. You get pretty heavy pretty quickly. It's comfortable laying and good for your neck and eyes and everything, but it's rougher on your arms. And this is why I do audiobooks. That's me too, 100%. (laughs) It's a big part of it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, it has... uh, Easier on the body. (laughs) Well, it has been a fun and informative episode this week, and we've had such a great time recording this episode. And... I mean, I just have to say it again. I have missed you guys so much, and it is so wonderful to be podcasting with uh, both of you once more, and uh, I'm just incredibly grateful, not only to you guys, but to all of our listeners. Um, 
that have stuck with us over the past 13 years, or if you're just picking up the podcast for the very first time and this is your first episode, we hope that you've had as much fun listening as we have had recording this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Once again, I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. And I'm Luke Hogan. And we'll see you next time for episode 265. Bye-bye. Hogwarts Radio will always be there to welcome you home. Wow, but what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that was bloody brilliant. Cardswallop.